Get me some post-shade But it's still here with them As you move up the levels Have respect with no fear of them There's levels in this game Many levels in this game Levels in this Devil a tag team, we keep a black and blue theme. But got me Shawn Michaels too with my Janetti. Too many secrets like Hetty, but keeps me in the mix like spaghetti. Speed through life, Mario and Dreddy. Fast but steady, I walk the danger zone. Folks want to dead me, I knew on. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. This is your Monday show. I am this little chemical. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, great beginning of your week. We got that great week last week. Um, I'm going to start the show off by just talking about a couple issues, not issues, but a couple things, uh, or more more so one. So when I was on the Wushy Gang podcast earlier this year, January, February, whenever it was, it was the longest, I think that was the longest podcast I've ever done, or interview I've ever done. I think it was like four hours long we went. But they're designed to go that way. Um, Lipsy, who was on this show last October, before dropping his album One Birds Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, which is still out, you guys should check it out. It's pretty dope. Um, when him and I were off air, he played some songs for me, some new songs he was releasing this year, and one of them was called Secret City, featuring himself and Rick Ross. Um, it's really good. He just has released. He has just recently re- uh, released it on streaming services. It's blowing up. He has a bunch of streams right now. It's really dope. I'm really happy for the guy. Um, I actually forgot I heard the song. You know, I, and that's and that's by design. You know, when someone is entrusting you with, you know, um, playing that kind of a uh, huge record for themselves, like you, you you kind of like you listen to it, but you don't absorb it in the moment. You know, so please put it on your playlist. Please put it on your TikToks, whatever it is you guys use for um, music. Just um. Support the brother. He's a good guy. Um, I know he has a, recently gotten um, a developmental deal, so I'm really happy for him. I will have some. I, someone did ask me if I had some news for music coming up, and after my follow, I do have some news coming up. Um, I will be talking about that next month, though. You know. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to put it out there, send that positive vibes to him. So, with that being said, let's get to the show. Uh, we're gonna start with some news and notes this week. Elton Prince, this actually happened like as soon as I recorded last Sunday and, and I uploaded the damn show, I saw this news and I said, well, of course. Um, Elton Prince of Pretty Deadly, the blonde-haired one. Well, aren't they both blonde-headed? No, I think he's, I don't think they're both blonde-headed, but the blonde-headed one. He suffered a separated shoulder after a spot with Rich Holland. Rich Holland has deleted his Twitter because he was making clear on his Twitter that it was just wrestling. You know, he didn't hurt him on purpose. And people have been bombarded. Look, there's a lot of that going around recently. Whether it's the whole, all of the Buddy Murphy memes or people just harassing this guy. Look here. Big E and Xavier Woods have come out and said it wasn't his fault. It was just a freak accident. Rich, these things happen in wrestling. People get injured all the time. It, it, they get injured all the time on the spot. And I saw the spot. It looked like an accident. It looked like they just weren't on the same page. But look here. I don't think anyone has... I don't think I've read anyone say that Rich Holland's dangerous to work with. You know? So, okay, guys. You guys need. You guys really need to calm it the bleep down. That is, you guys are being rough. You know? So, but look. I get it. Um, hopefully, he, he doesn't... I, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't use Twitter. So, like, I don't know if there's a way to... I'm going to get a sip of water here. Excuse me. I don't know if there's a way on Twitter to where you can, like, how YouTube has, like, the, the no commenting filter. I don't know if they have that on Twitter. I doubt they do. I mean, that's the point of Twitter is a comment on everything. I don't know, though. But hopefully he uh, doesn't, you know, take it too personal because that's, it, it just looked unfortunate, you know. Uh, Ian Riccoboni, this also came out last Sunday as well. Is all elite signing a multi-year contract with the company, which this only this only makes sense. Look here, as they integrate RH more into the uh, into TV shows, we got some RH news again with some other stuff later. We'll, we'll get to that. It just makes sense because Kevin Kelly won't be able to be at um, 
Collision every week with his commitments to New Japan. He's been the voice of New Japan, the American voice of New Japan for I don't know how long now, but many, many years. Um, and if you and to have that as a backup, that's just fucking duh. That's awesome. Ray Phoenix has announced that he is leaving AAA as he has forfeited both of his championships. Um, he says it's just his international commitments have been too much and he can't uphold the standard that AAA needs him to, so he has forfeited the titles. Um, so there you go. There is a new Cody documentary that will go live on Peacock July 31st, narrated by Stephen Amell. He will, this will feature, uh, everything during his independent scene, supposedly. I'm doing air quotes there because this is still a WWE documentary and they get the final say on the edits, I'm sure. So, but they, but, uh, according to Cody, this documentary does not happen if the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega do not approve, uh, footage from BTE being, um, uh, in the film, as well as uh, footage from the first All In, uh, which Tony Khan does own. Um, he, he Cody said that they are bonded for life, and he appreciates them doing it. He claims that these are his words. You know, like I said, it, it was a premiere of it. They were watching it. It drops live on Peacock July 31st. I don't. Ex- Here's my thing. I have limited expectations for these WWE documentaries because let me tell you something. I have a. I'm not gonna say a room full. That's a huge. huge it's a huge exaggeration, but I have at least three or four huge Home Depot boxes filled with WWE documentaries, which I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed over the years. Some of them I've enjoyed, like the the Fall of the Ultimate Warrior. I thought that was a good one, and they backtracked the entire DVD, which I thought was hilarious. Um, that whole DVD was just completely shitting on the Ultimate Warrior. I'm so glad I have it because I think probably the only way you can get it now is probably on eBay, which is you know um, probably ridiculously priced. Um, the rise and fall of ECW. I think that's probably their greatest documentary ever done. It was essentially a, a it was a love letter to ECW. I think I went like three hours long. I did enjoy the rise and fall of WCW for the first 45, 50 minutes, and I felt like they could have gone three hours with that one. That one could have been a love letter to the NWA and WWE. I mean, and WCW. But my point in saying this is, is when they want to do a good documentary, they can do a good documentary. But you know, and here's where I kind of understand things. You don't want to keep promoting other companies. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm interested because I love Cody. I'm a big fan of his. But I don't think you can spend, let's say this documentary is two and a half hours long. I don't think you only spend 20 to 25 minutes on his time in, in the indie scene. Because on his time on the indie scene is what made him the bigger star that he is now. He's not getting a premiere of a documentary without, I would say, at least an hour to an hour and a half of the building of that first all-in event. Excuse me. Like, I, I know, like, probably interviewing them is probably out of the... That's just not going to work, right? I do, I do know a deal they made... With AEW and WWE was this documentary, docu- uh, documentary of Dusty Rhodes coming out where AEW and WWE have both approved of Dustin and Dusty, Dustin and Cody um, being in it and being interviewed. But that's that's respect for Dusty. That's, you know, so I, I get that. I get that. Uh, but this is different. Um, so I, I look here, tame your expectations, people like. If you're if they're showing footage of that type of stuff, I would say expect it to be maybe 20, 25 minutes. I'm taming my expectations, but I'm hoping to get like an hour, hour and a half of his 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 road on the indie scene. Even though I I know it, I I think it deserves that. You know, I think it deserves that treatment because he isn't main event WrestleMania and maybe been he maybe main event WrestleMania for two years um, without it. So check it out, guys. Anyways, let's hit to Raw. We have new women's tag team champions. Sonya Deville, Chelsea Green have won the titles. I don't think many people care. I, I didn't see this coming, um, but it made sense in storyline-wise. Now you free up Raquel to go one-on-one with Rhea at SummerSlam, which is a big match, you know. And they have history. And Raquel actually was the one who dethroned Rhea in NXT for her NXT Women's Championship. So... That's very interesting. There you go. Um, I did like how this was building between Rhea and Ra- uh, Raquel. Uh, even though I, I said this on record, I'm not a fan of Raquel. But I think it's because 
growing up in the age of the big man in WWE, it just wore me out. Having someone just be dominant. It's why I'm not a fan of Braun Strowman. I think I, I, I realized that a while ago. I was like, oh, just being raised in the era of the big man just didn't... I always hated it, you know? And I, I think it was just... It was like a quick story. For two or three years... I would have to ask my sister for the exact timeline of this. But I think it, but it was for... It was for more than a year. I don't know if it was for more than two but or, or three, but it was at least a year and a half, two years. My mom went every fucking week with cooking, it, literally, not, not joking. She would cook either spaghetti and meatballs or she would cook collard greens. And that would be the food for a week. Eventually, you get tired of that shit. Now, I remember me and my sister rebelled. My sister didn't have any money. So she couldn't rebel. <laughs> she shouldn't have been rebelling, but she refused. It got to the point where my mom was like, she finally learned her lesson, right? So I, I went years without eating, like, greens and every. I can eat greens now because I, I, it took me like ten years before I finally like could enjoy greens again. But going that long with every, that shit every week, and I was never a big fan of spaghetti and meatballs. But um, I was a fan of meatballs, but not spaghetti. But anyway, like when stuff is just stoned down your throat and you have no choice but to watch. Well, I had choice, but you get what I'm saying. I was a fan of wrestling. Like, I loved all wrestling, so to miss wrestling, I used to have the, the, I had the biggest FOMO. I had the biggest FOMO. And I, it for me, it was destination watching. And finally, once that changed, and the, the changing the guard happened, and the attitude era to the ruthless aggression era, it made wrestling more enjoyable for me. Um, and also, at the same time, I just don't think she's a compelling babyface. I think these if you're going to do big men, it's better to do big men as heels. Or big women as heels, excuse me. And you guys know what I mean by big. Do not sit here and go in my DMs and at me or at me and say, he said she's big. You know what I mean. She's portrayed as a as a big woman. You know, someone who gets a hard to take off her feet, hard to buy, something, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think that she's better as a heel. I don't, the whole smiling thing, I that, that's annoying. I, 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 I'm, yeah, yes, I am the person that likes Superman as a heel. You know? Like I am that person, you know. Like I just don't, I just don't get it. So, anyways, um, I thought this was smart, you know, to get her into the the the, the, the woman's title picture. She loses this, she loses this belt. She came in with the injury. Now you put the tag team titles on them. You can have them float from brand to brand. As a matter of fact, you're getting free promotion because actually, Matt Cardona did say a couple weeks ago. If she wins the Women's Tag Team Championship, I'm wearing it at an independent uh, show. He actually did. You know, I, I, I'm sure, obviously, WWE gave it approval. Duh. Why not uh, Why not have us wear your belt, uh, our belt, and get more promotion? So that makes sense. And for those of you guys who don't know, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are married. Just so you guys know. Um, but this marks the first titles in the company for both of these, for both of these ladies. So... Congratulations to them. Finn Balor attacks. This was, to me, this setup for this was awesome. So you have Seth Rollins doing an interview with Byron Saxon. Finn Balor interrupts. My mouth is still dry for some reason. I don't know. Anyways, um, and he sits down, and they do this really intense stare off. And and Rollins said, hey, we don't have to wait till SummerSlam. We can fight right now. That or get out of my face. And Finn leaves. He's like, a, and Rollins apologizing to everybody. He starts taking off his microphone. All of a sudden, a chair comes in his face. Boom! And he gets beat down. And then Finn says, make the match. And I thought this was a, a very intense... Um, I thought I enjoyed everything about this. I don't think Finn Mello has a chance of winning. But this is fun right here. That was fun. Brock Lesnar returns in Atlanta to Raw. Attacks Cody. Gives him F5 in front of his mom. Makes the match official. There is no stipulation as of right now, but the match is official for SummerSlam. Um, and he, look, Cody's been asking for it, man. He hit the Cody Cutter last week, and now he 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 gets Brock, so he's gonna get take another ass whipping. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retain their tag team titles against the Judgment Day. Now, I actually thought this was gonna lead to a bad week for the Judgment Day, but this was not as bad as it turned into. But we'll 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 see that. NXT, the best part of NXT to me was seeing, let's rewind. When you look at Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, they come in. Dominic first has his first match on the main roster, big match against Seth Rollins at, at SummerSlam. I believe that was during the pandemic stages. So no one's in the arena. It's like the, 
the TVs. I can't remember the Thunder, the Thunderdome, I think they called it. And how can you have a bad match with Seth Rollins? So that 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 helps him. Like he's, he's with the, because of his connection with his dad, he's you know getting he's wrestling. He's getting beat up by some really prominent people. Still needs some uh, polish though, right? It's okay. Then they go on to be the first father-son duo in WWE history to win the tag team titles. Uh, which was, you know, which was what Ray always wanted if his son was going to be a wrestler, which is awesome. They get into it with the bloodline. Dominic gets stoned into the <laughs> powerbombed outside. Um, Ray is in the Hell in a Cell against Roman Reigns. They end up losing the tag team championships to the Usos, which started that long run for the Usos. Then all of a sudden, time comes about where they get into it with the Judgment Day, which is they and they get into it with Judgment Day for forever. Finally, Dominique makes the heel turn, leaves with the Judgment Day, and then that was the best thing that happened to his career so far. And you have the combination of him being in prison, him doing air quotes, because he's doing air quotes, the skits with him and his dad and, and Rhea, and mommy hit mommy. It's so ridiculous. And it was the best move for Judgment Day for all of them. I, and you could tell they're all genuinely friends. Like, I already know that Rhea and Damian Priest are best friends, like, legitimately in real life. They, they're legit best friends. But you could see that they're all friends. And the happiness that you see is completely genuine. Finn Balor even tweeted, the proudest moment of my career. That's crazy. This dude's been in Bullet Club. He's been in New Japan. He's been the longest reigning NXT champion. He's been a two-time NXT champion, been a former Universal champion. I know he didn't have much of it, but he's the, he is the inaugural Universal champion, no matter what you say. You know, Intercontinental champion, U.S. champion. This dude has done has had a hell of a career. He still has a hell of a career to go. And damn, he's. I remember see, I was watching it. My first thought was, that's it. That to me, that just makes it even more awesome to see how happy they are. Rhea's hugging him, uh, Finn's hugging him. They're all genuinely happy to see this guy grow, you know. And Dominic defeats Wesley. Wesley was the longest-running North American champion in NXT history. He loses that to Don, which he might just win it back, you know. Um, because to me, that was just a cool moment to see because you hear stories. Like, I remember... Uh, Rocky Johnson and Tony Oz told a story. They're the first ever black tag team champions, which is funny because they defeated the first ever Samoan tag team champions to get the titles. And Tony Oz and Ricky, Rocky Johnson, excuse me, said they were the only people to not make money with those belts because they hated each other, which is crazy to me. In a time where that meant something, it still means something, but it meant something to, as far as like your paycheck goes. The fact that they just squandered it. Now those and that was the only titles that both those men ever won in those uh in that company, and you just hear stories like that about people just not getting along and you know what it reminds me of. Let me use a sports analogy. I know you guys hate when I do that, but I love doing it. When people say the NBA is unwatchable now because everyone's friends, I'm telling you. And I, let me tell you something. I I am old enough to where I saw some of those Knicks and Heat fights during those games. Holy crap. I saw Charles Barkley and Shaq were fighting each other. Sure, it, it, it makes things more intense, right? I was even I I'll never forget where I was where uh fucking the the fight happened. What was that in Detroit? We run our tests going into the stands, Mouse of the Palace. Never forget where I was. Let me tell you something. When you see people that are genuinely genuinely happy for um their 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 their, their friend, their coworker, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. That feels even better, though, man. I, I, I watched this maybe like three or four times over. Like, they're all, like, genuinely just, like, wow, seeing this guy grow. And he's still so young in his career. He still he could still do a lot more. But, wow, what they've turned the Judgment Day into is fantastic. You know, so. Congratulations to Dominic and, 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 and the um, Judgment Day on this one, so. Also, news that came out on Tuesday night is Peacock is upping their prices by $2. So if you're paying $9.99 for the mostly ad-free, uh, I say mostly because, like, I know sometimes they might have, like, an ad at the beginning, but you can skip that ad. 
if you don't pay for ad free, you can't skip it. But you can you got to skip the ad. Uh, you're going by two dollars, so I guess it'll be twelve bucks for you. I, I'm paid twelve bucks, I guess. Um, and I think everything other every other version is like if it's two ninety nine, it's five ninety nine. Well, four ninety nine, excuse me. So you guys get what you guys get where it's going. Global Pro Wrestling event is not happening due to a promoter breaching his contract. So for those of you guys who are planning on going, you need to get your refunds because apparently he had big names on the show too. He had people like Sting going and everything. So apparently this promoter's already breached the contract, so like nobody's going. So be careful of that. Nick Aldis and Zicky Dice are free agents and are looking for their next home. Reportedly, Nick Aldis has, has interest. From WWE, and they have strong interest in him, so look out for that. This right here is perplexing, this next story. So, for those of you guys who don't know or you might not remember, Rick Steiner was at WrestleCon, and he so happens to be sitting some, some tables away from Giselle Shaw. For those of you guys who don't know, Giselle Shaw is an impact wrestler. Giselle Shaw is also a trans wrestler. I don't think that's ever been hidden, I think it's well known. Like, I can't say, I, I mean, I don't think any one person that um, has followed Impact or wrestling has said, oh, wow, she kept that under wraps. Everyone knows. It's been made clear. Well, Rick Steiner, who made a buffoon of himself, by the way, as his action figure, his brand new action figure from Mattel comes out, he says at WrestleCon, hey, you're a man. He keeps saying it as she's a man. Over and over and over and over again to where she ends up leaving the event. So the promoters of WrestleCon banned Rick Steiner from the event. They kicked him out and they banned him. Well, fast forward, they're having WrestleCon in Detroit. So I have a, I do have a quick question for those of you guys who have been to WrestleCon. I've only been to WrestleCon once. I actually was planning on going to WrestleCon next year in uh, Philadelphia. I didn't know they had more than more. I, I did not know they had more than one WrestleCon a year. Is this the first time they're doing it double or is this? been a thing with with SummerSlam as well so please get, get back at me anyways um so I guess Rick Steiner had did a private apology about it and Giselle Shaw wanted nothing to do with it which is understandable so he apologized apparently was, I'd never heard this apology that's how private this thing was I've never heard it I didn't know this was even a fucking thing fast forward WrestleCon's happening in Detroit for SummerSlam weekend well the Steiners have been promoted when I saw that, I said, wow, that looks like they're promoting the Steiners. Interesting. Well, then I continue to read, which I, here's how crazy this is. I usually don't read stuff like this, but I saw, the, I saw it saying, hey, the Steiners will be doing autographs. I said, wow, ooh, that's pretty ballsy to bring Rick Steiner in, because here's my thing. Even for someone who's an avid collector like myself who wants to get a Steiner Brothers, more so, more so a, a Scott Steiner autograph, which I could have gotten a, a few weeks ago, but I just couldn't do it. Um, I said it's pretty ballsy right now. Like, there's there's no there's no reason to be promoting this because like this is I don't think people have forgotten this. You know, this is a very hot button topic right now. Well, it's the WrestleCon guy, and he says, hey, before you guys comment, please read. And if you don't read, I understand. So whenever someone says that, it's like, oh, you know, no one's gonna like this shit. You have to know, right? So I read it, and apparently he made an apology, blah, 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 and they invited him back. Even though they banned him this past April. My first thought that I read it was, wow, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well for them. And when I say them, I meant the WrestleCon promoters. So, <laughs> it's like, what, a day later, two days later, he's been banned from there again. Because I guess he, they wanted, I guess after everyone got together, they felt the best solution was, hey, no one heard this apology. Let's have him do a public apology. They reached out to Rick Steiner. He never reached out back to him. They, then finally the promoter said, he's not, he's not going to reach back out to us. So look here, he's banned. We have a new policy. Look here, I enjoyed myself at WrestleCon. I've spoken gushingly about things were pretty easy. My only complaint was I couldn't get Mickey James autograph, which is fair, right? I just didn't know her, her line was going to be that fucking ridiculous. The more you know. However, this was foolish. One, you are... And once again, I get it. He's a promoter. He has to put in the best show he can. And the Steiners are a draw. People do... Hear me out before you guys even at me or anything or skin my DMs. They're a fucking draw when it comes to those type of conventions because there's a 
the only people that go to those kind of conventions, it's not your casuals that go to those conventions. Because you have to have a bunch of money to pay for the autographs you want or the pictures you want. These are these are people who have been collecting memorabilia for years. Whether it's championship belts, whether it's action figures, whatever the fuck it is. So they go there and they don't have any... For, not everybody, I want to rephrase that, has a problem with still getting an autograph from a person that they've been wanting to get an autograph from to fi- to finish a collection. You guys know very well last year, was it last year, I'm not the biggest Edge fan. But when I saw that he was available for an autograph, you're damn right, I want guys autograph to complete my two set of him and Christian an action figure. You're fucking right I did. That's a, that's how those collectors are as well. So I get that. But this was not this was not where it was. This was not the fight the fight to pick. Rick has not said anything publicly and then you guys also acknowledge he said something privately, which is not owning his mistake. It's not a mistake. He feels that way. But it's not. No, it's just not smart. And he didn't need to say it. That's the worst part of this all. He didn't need to fucking say any of it. You feel like that's against your morals or whatever the fuck you feel like. Look here, first of all, let's get this out the way. Who gives a fuck if this person's a man, woman, whatever the fuck? That's what they want to be. Let them live their fucking life. If they're not throwing it in your face, who gives a who gives a fuck? I was actually stunned at the number of people that did not know this was a trans wrestler. But you know what? That's fucking cool. Because when people were talking to me about it, no one gave a fuck. I remember my cousin. True story. Many, many years ago, he came out to me as gay. I said, hey, just so you know. This, and me and my cousin are close, by the way. He said, this might affect our relationship, and uh, but uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm gay. I said, I've known you were gay since we were like five years old. Who gives a fuck what you do in your bed? Like, he made this big, this big old conversation with me, talking to me on the phone. We got to talk. I'm thinking it's like life or death shit, right? It's him telling me he's gay, which I, one, I already knew. And two, who gives a fuck? I'm like, are you serious? That's it? I said, man, get your punk ass out of here before I fuck you up. He's like, you don't care? I said, why the fuck would I care? Now, in fairness, he had been coming out to everybody, and he wasn't getting that reaction. People actually gave a fuck. And I was like, who gives a fuck what they think? Fuck them. If someone wants to live their life a certain way, let them live their life a certain way. And now this dude can cost himself some money, which I'm telling you right now, let me tell you something. I I know the world is filled with collectors out there, but me actually being around real collectors last year was so fucking refreshing. I had never been in that atmosphere before. Well, legitimately, I'm seeing people with rare items that are autographed from a, a Four Horsemen pack that has Arn Anderson, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Flair, Telly Blanchard, Barry Windham, all of it being autographed. Like, me being around it, I was in heaven, you know? And so it was fun to see that type of stuff and being in, being in an atmosphere of, like, no judgment or people who are going to get their autograph and chat with you about it. It was cool. But let's be real, dude. That was just unnecessary. He's a dick. For no reason. That could have been kept to his fucking self. Excuse me for cursing so much. But it's just just like tone deaf at this point, dude. This is the world we live in. People are going to do what they want to do. Let them live their life. If it's not affecting you, why do you care? Now, if this person is affecting you in some kind of way as disrespectful, then let's talk about that. But if this person is not affecting you and you don't know this person, fuck off. Rant over. Sorry. I, I didn't even think about this, but last week we didn't even get into the uh, Dark Side of the Ring stuff. So we're going to talk about both episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. This upcoming week, I'm actually looking forward. They changed the, the format, not the format, but they changed the, uh, the episode structure of this. I think because they took off 4th of July. We were supposed to have been the Margin A episode, so I'm assuming Margin A episode will probably be the season finale here. But this upcoming week is what I'm looking forward to. It's about Bam Bam Bigelow. That's going to be fucking amazing. Huge Bam Bam Bigelow fan. Well, anyways... The week before, we had Adrian Adonis. So essentially, Adrian Adonis passed away uh, due to a car accident where him and a bunch of other wrestlers were in there. I think only one wrestler survived, which was a part of a twin um, act, which actually looked just alike. Um, I remember Adrian Adonis, uh, adoring Adrian Adonis. He was he was really overweight. I did not know that this dude was like buff, like really big and really in shape. But due to cocaine use and stuff like that, he got himself overweight. That was interesting into itself. I just, I would recommend that episode. A lot of these episodes are actually on Hulu, and not the new ones, but the older ones are actually on Hulu. 
So if you've missed any of this stuff, like I know I when I first watched the um the steroid trial one, that was on YouTube, so it was grainy. So I'm actually gonna go back and watch that one whenever I'm bored or whatever, because I, I have a Hulu. Um I think that I think it'll be cool, but Adrian Adonis, like, if you don't know about him, I think it's a good way to learn about a lot of stuff he was doing. Because I didn't know enough about Adrian. Um, but I think that was pretty good. Uh, that one, was, I don't really remember all the details of it, so I can't really go too far into it. But this Abdul the Butcher one was very fascinating. Um, I, was actually his all, I was actually at his Hall of Fame ceremony. He got inducted the same year Shawn Michaels got inducted. And his son, he got inducted. Um, this one was interesting because Hannibal... And for those of you guys who don't know who Hannibal is, Hannibal is a uh, former wrestler. Uh, he used to do a bunch of youth, uh, uh, shoot interviews on YouTube. Um, he's also known as a raging piece of shit. I'm sitting there cut on Dark Side of the Ring, and I was not ready for this. I truly was not ready for this. Legitimately, sitting there, all you see is Hannibal's face. He says, I hope he dies a slow death. I said, oh, I'm not ready for this episode. Clearly, I went to play an AEW fight forever. And after like maybe an hour of playing, I said, okay, I can now focus on what the hell was going on here. Completely forgot about the lawsuits and all this other stuff. Well, Dula the Butcher, he grew up poor. His family worked several, his mom and dad worked several jobs. And so he, he promised that he wouldn't make sure she never had to work a day in her life again. And apparently he doesn't have anything past a second grade education. So he ended up getting into wrestling and he ended up finding a niche where he knew how to make himself bleed. And that was always his thing. He scared people. That was that was his appeal. Was he was the butcher? Like legitimately, he could you know if you came if he came to your town, you were hoping your 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 favorite person survived. So he claims with Dula Butcher, he claims that he didn't make all, uh, any uh, all the money he should have made. But he says he did. He says he went for the money, but he, but he couldn't uh, like really get good money because um, according to him. Um, People were always dripping him because he didn't have the education. He didn't know how to read and to write. First episode, they had his brother and his sister um, interviewed. They claimed that he doesn't know how to read and write as well. Um, and so he has not been in the best of health over the years. I, I even know when whatever year he went into the WWE Hall of Fame that I went to, which was probably 2011, 2012, whatever, whenever that time frame was, he, he needed help walking out. You know, uh, he's been in bad health for a while now. And so, we just... It, it, this was mainly about the lawsuit. I want to say, you get into, like, the first 20 minutes of it, it's about, you know, him, him just drawing all over. And then all of a sudden, you get you bring and you insert Hannibal. Now, Hannibal used to be a wrestling promoter as well. And he had booked uh, Abdullah Butcher on several shows. Well, he was also being looked at by WWE. And then his test came back, and he was Hep C positive prep C. So he didn't know where it came from. So they were doing a documentary of his rise to be WWE. To, to, to be in the WWE. And the editor was the first one to point out to Hannibal, hey, it looks like uh, Abdullah is blading you. Which he claims, he, Hannibal claims he did not know that happened in the particular match. And so apparently that was never agreed upon. And then they, he sued Abdullah. And Abdullah was proven to be guilty uh, because he didn't show up. And Abdullah claimed he didn't know how to read. So he says, why would, why would I read uh, a summons when I can't read? Um, this, is, this was questioned throughout the entire episode. Um, Hugo Spitzmimich, uh, I can't pronounce his name. Hugo Spitzmimich, I'm saying that wrong, but I can't pronounce it. Uh, he used to be commentary for WWE for a very long time. He managed... Uh, Abdullah Butcher in his early career, um, he claimed that he never knew about that. Uh, this was brand new to him. Mick Foley said that he heard that over the last several years, but he never knew that. And Mick Foley even said, "Hey, I'm not trying to be funny here, but like anytime we went out, he had no problem ordering menus and stuff." And the sister said, "Well, he always do things like he would draw chicken if he wanted chicken." So it means he, I, I'm not trying to be funny at all. So I'm like, does that mean he drew a cow? He wanted a cheeseburger? Like I don't. I don't know the, the reason the, the 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 explanations they gave here were a little funky here. But once again, he's been going with this story now at least for a couple of years. So I guess you have to keep it going. Just like I said, not being fucking funny here. It's just one of those situations where 
No one knows what to believe. And, and credit to everyone in this episode, because they we both know, we all know, if someone would have said that motherfucker knows how to read, they would have not. They wouldn't have edited that out. Outside of Hannibal, um, and and so like they all said, I don't. I didn't know that. Like I, that's new to me. Like I don't know how true that is. But if it's true, then that's credit to him for making it as far in the business as he did, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, anyways, they end up awarding Hannibal two point one million dollars, which he doesn't have. And Tony Atlas, who was a part, of, who was a talking head, said he sh- Hannibal should get nothing anyway. Um, and he says, you're a part of the business, that's just a part of it, you know, um, and then Tony Ellis said, it doesn't even matter anyway, he doesn't have it, you know, well, what's actually ironic in this whole entire situation is Hannibal got under fire himself a couple years ago, or a year ago, where he's at an independent show, and they are asking, uh, hey, who knows how to, who knows how to bleed, and they bring a referee in who was not a worker, he was just being a ref, and essentially Hannibal did to him what Abdullah did to him, and it was a it was such a big deal because that referee needed like a bunch of staples and stitches in his head, and Hannibal took two like he took advantage of the guy, and he he's under fire for that. But um, let me say something. If it's true, I'm, let's let's take this from both sides. If it's true that Hannibal did not know that he was being taken advantage of, that's shitty on Abdullah's part. And Abdullah did not. Abdullah said he they, that they used to be friends. He used to work for him. He's a promoter. He didn't want to talk about it, so he didn't say shit. Um, but if that's true, that's shitty. But if that's what happens to Hannibal, for him to then sue someone for two point one million dollars and get it, but then do that to somebody else, that makes you shittier. That makes you shittier, shittier. That makes you much shittier. So, um. That whole thing's a shit show. That whole, that whole entire episode, the last, it shows like 42, 44 minutes. Let's just say the last fucking 30 minutes was a shit show. Um, I did not know Abdul the Butcher was that big of a draw, though. That was interesting. I, I thought he was a like a, a one of the better side acts, and I don't say it with any disrespect. But like to me, example, right? The Rock and Triple H and Austin were great. Headliners, right? Um, but like, when I look at someone like The Godfather, he was a nice little mid card act. You know, that's why I meant mid card, not side act. Um, I, I just never would see Godfather as a headliner. That, that's that's why I mean, you know. But I, I didn't know he was headlining like that. And for him to be broke, that's just depressing. Because I know even after the Hall of Fame, I know he ended up like selling his Hall of Fame ring as well. He's been on he's been hard he's, he's been on hard times for a while. Yeah, but check out this week. I think this one will be very interesting, too. We will get Bam, Bam, Bigelow. Dynamite. Brian Danielson has revealed that he had surgery on his broken arm and that uh, he'll just be out for a while. No one knows, but uh, it went successfully. So, there you go. Jack Perry is the new FTW champion, giving Hook his first loss in his wrestling career, which I thought this was a good match. This was Hook's best match by far. I still think he needs some help selling, though. He needs some more help selling. Hook. But this was this was fun to watch. Adam Cole and MJF win the blind tournament, uh, blind tag team tournament. We'll face FTR this upcoming Saturday on Collision for the Tag Team Championships. They had everything in this match. They had a double clothesline pinfall. They had MJF doing a suicide uh, dive. They had a dance-off where, M- where Adam Cole was... I don't know what he was doing. Maybe you could say he was dry humping the air. It was awkward. It was weird. But it was entertaining. Um, and you also had dissension at the end where Adam Cole has the big Burberry and MJF is mad that he's touching his title. I will say this. And I want to say this. I don't know if I said this last week. I don't remember. I don't think I said it last week. But I hope it's different this time. And I hope Adam Cole turns on him before MJF can turn on him. Because uh, we've seen this before, and and, and I think it help it will help if, um, it, if the the baby face is actually smarter, and I feel like that's where they're going with this. I, I'm hoping at least. Blood and guts. The Golden Elite defeat the Blackpool Combat Club when Takeshita and Pac walk out on the team, and they are they begin to hang Yuta with a chain by his neck and uh, a handcuffed John Moxley. Uh, surrenders to save Yuta. 
at the end of the uh, match, this was off air. The elite say they respect the Blackpool Combat Club and they all shake hands. Um, I don't know where. Here's my thing. I know where Kenny Omega goes from here, because he still has Takeshita and Dan, Dan Cal, Dan Callis, Don Callis, uh, feud going. Um, I don't know where the Blackpool Combat Club goes from here. Um, I don't know where the Bucks go from here. Um, and also, this was a setup for ROH, as we'll learn <laughs> later on, where essentially Claudio was not because the reason why Pac walked out is because. Him and Claudio got into it. Well, Pac was challenged to an ROH World Heavyweight Championship match because they needed one because Mark Briscoe got injured. Um, so they made the challenges to each other. So um, that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, this was actually not really too good to me. I, I think I think a big part of it is because they were waiting to sell for Coda. And Coda, you could tell he was just excited to be in this match. And they would, they had to hold off on a lot of different things for Coda Ibushi. Um, I didn't enjoy this match though. I really, I just didn't. It was missing. I, I thought there were some good spots, but I felt like the, I felt like there was too much time trying to set stuff up, and uh, I especially thought the Coda stuff was the weakest to me. Um, but look here, I'm not gonna complain about seeing Pac back, you know. And now we're having him on a weekly basis. I'm all for it. Some more news and notes. Swerve Strickland, congratulations to him. He's a part of the freshman class of the Double XL. Um, for those of you guys who don't know what that is, Double XL, the magazine, it's a hip-hop magazine, uh, cultural magazine. They do a freshman class every year, and I think Strickland dropped a deb- his debut album or an album a few weeks ago. I have not heard this album, um, but apparently he's a part of it. I have, I didn't, he, so congratulations to him. That's a really big deal. Blood and Guts. They raised the ratings for Dynamite to 953,000 viewers. Always sets before this honor. It was a pay-per-view that was just stoned together behind a paywall. You would think this was like a special or something. They can't keep doing it with these ROH pay-per-views. They, they, they can't. They have to promote them better. I do not have Honor Club. As I said to you guys on my rant last week, I can't justify to myself paying for another subscription service. I just can't. I just can't do it. I won't. You know, um, so just it's just one of those things where I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I will say this. The fact that you had Athena and Willow, Pac and Claudio, that could have gotten me in. If they would have announced it earlier. Well, we had our first ROH woman main eventing a pay-per-view. Willow and Athena main evented this pay-per-view. They, they, they put on a hell of a show. I did see it um, for reasons. Uh, for, I mean, for how I saw it, don't doesn't matter. But they put on a hell of a show. Willow passes out in a submission hold. Athena retains, which I I thought this was gonna be the weekend of Willow. Honestly, I thought she was gonna lose that belt last week and get this belt. But this will continue the story, and I I I, I, I do believe now Willow will be the one to end the reign of Athena. But it just won't be right now. But I thought they put on a hell of a main event. Congratulations to both those ladies. Claudio and Pac put on a good match as well. It ended with a weird distraction. The, the ending wasn't weird. The ending was the distraction finish where Wheeler Yuta came out there, distracted Pac, and then that's how Claudio got the pin. Well, the next part was weird because uh, Yuta and, and uh, Claudio are beating down uh, Pac. Well, then out comes the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Brothers who lost their tag team titles earlier that night to Aussie Open in a fatal four-way match. They beat them down. And then for some reason, Orange Cassidy and the best friends come out to then lay them out. And then there's the last one standing. I don't know what Orange Cassidy had anything to do with ROH. Okay. All that was fucking weird to me. I don't know what any of it means. I'm assuming we're going to get something this week. I know Pac is facing gra- uh, gra- was it Gravity or Gravic. No, Gravity. I'm thinking about fucking Streaking Invasion here. Gravity on Wednesday. But I didn't know what any of that meant. Uh, speaking of Aussie Open, as I said, they won the tag team titles, and that's good because I haven't seen. I don't think we've seen the Lucha Brothers on AEW television. Like we need to have them fucking back. Like give us, give us them fucking back, please. You know, I like Aussie Open, but fuck, if it's if it's a choice between Aussie Open and Lucha Brothers for me, give me fucking Lucha Brothers all day. Samoa Joe retains his TV championship against Dalton Castle. Shibata retains his pure championship against Daniel Garcia. 
overall strong pay-per-view. SmackDown. Rey Mysterio wins his fatal four-way match, so no, we will not be seeing LA Knight challenge Austin Theory for that United States Championship. But next week, we will see Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar in a battle of the LWO to see who faces Austin Theory at SummerSlam or the weekend of SummerSlam. There will be tribal combat to headline SummerSlam. No one knows what the fuck that means, but it means that Jey Uso will get a World Heavyweight Championship match for the third time against his cousin, Kenny, in the rain. I don't think so, because as of right now, now I can officially say my prediction is done and wrong. Roman Reigns will not be losing that World Championship until next year at WrestleMania. These fuckers are going to actually go another year with him as the World Champion. Good for them. Notes. Clayton signs with AEW. Collision. Ricky Starks and Luchasaurus, or Christian, excuse me, defeat Punk and Darby Allen in a uh, tag team match that was a fun tag team match. Ricky Starks cheats again to get one over on CM Punk. Punk, for the first time, declares he's the real world champion. There was a segment that started the show on Collision where they gave Ricky Starks a ton of fucking pyro, supposedly $100,000 worth of pyro. And Punk interrupted him. At first, he said, hey, you're the better man, but you couldn't. I'm proud of you, but you couldn't be me. Straight up. Well, Ricky Starks, who had brought a Gucci bag, or no, it was a Louis bag, said, hey, Punk, your bag is as empty as mine is, dog. And that prompted Punk to come out back and say, hey, do you want what's in the bag, Ricky? Or you want to keep it from me like Max does? They keep teasing this, so I like how this is going. Which leads to Christian coming out, saying the line of the night, hey, Punk. How can you walk around with a championship you did not win? That's, I told you guys, Christian is just fucking fantastic, right? Um, which then Punk laughed at. And that set up a tag team match, which, as I said before, that caused Christian and Ricky Starks to get the win. And that's two big wins for Ricky Starks, so I, I, he's clearly a heel at this point. But maybe this, this will lead to a him, a, a him versus CM Punk at All In. Or all out. I know. I know the Royal Rampage. Darby Allen ended up winning that, which now sets him up to be the challenger for the TNT Championship at All Out. So our first official match for All Out is actually set right now, and it's for the TNT Championship. Luchasaurus will be defending against Darby Allen. That's interesting that that's the first match, but we don't have a, we we don't have a first match for All In yet. That needs to start happening very soon. Very fucking soon. It should not be an ROH situation. We should know these matches within the next couple weeks. House of Black Retainer Trios Championships. And afterwards, Billy Gunn leaves his boots in the ring as a sign of retirement. I'm assuming this is a part of an angle. Um, but we'll see. We'll go from there. Andrade was banned from the building, but will face Buddy Matthews in a ladder match next week for the... The ladder match, which you're, you're going to ask, like, what's the, the, at the top of the ladder? Andrade's mask. By the way, Andrade still has no friends have right now. So there's no reason for you to think that he's actually going to win this match. But whatever. Taya Valkyrie defeated Sky Blue, challenges Britt Baker. And from the promo that Taya cut, it sounds like she's going to join the fucking outcast. She said, I just beat one homegrown talent. Let me go for Britt. So it sounds like that's what she's going for. So, yeah, I'm just saying. And something that really has me excited, Comic-Con, as you guys all know, we had an episode about it, the, the, the writer's strike has affected, it affected hella Comic-Con plans, because can't promote shit, right, because it's strike. They did premiere some stuff, like the Invincible debut, I think comes out, like, second season's out, like, November 3rd, and blah, blah, blah. Well, this was a fun reveal here. Comic-Con exclusive, ROH will be a part of the Jazzware line for AEW and Jazzware. So, you know, Jazzware does the action focus for uh, AEW. They were adding the ROH brand now. So we have an ROH wave. You've seen the box collection and everything. You see the first wave. The first wave has wrestlers that you probably already have from the AEW. So you probably won't get those. I mean, you'll probably get them for the nostalgia factor. But you have um, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Danhausen. I didn't, I don't. I don't remember Dan Housen ever being a big part of Ring of Honor, but once again, I know he's going to sell merchandise for these guys. And then finally, we will have the Briscoes uh, as a part of this first wave as well. That's going to sell the fuck out. We know that. Um, but these are these are throwbacks. You have 
you know, the American Dragon, Brian Danson, when he was younger. You have a Claudio Castagnoli with hair. You have the Young Bucks with a cease and desist order t-shirt, which I, I remember that shirt. That's pretty fucking cool. Kenny, a young Kenny Omega. So I'm, I'm assuming the Briscoes will have the tag team championships. So uh, I'm excited to get my hands on these things. Um, someone actually, first thing he asked me was, hey, are you going to get these things autographed? Like the Briscoes? I said, well, I already have the Briscoes autographed. <laughs> so I don't need an autograph from them, but I will definitely get these action figures um, for sure. But that was exciting to see there. And, and this, take this for a grain of salt. I just saw this, and I've been seeing a lot of it on social media. So I'm wondering if there's any truth to it or not. I don't know. But they, they've been saying that Bray Wyatt is being discussed for a return at SummerSlam. But they've been saying it for months. No one knows what this mystery illness is. There was a recent picture that someone uploaded that they took, that they took with him. He looks to be in fantastic shape. You know, so he's working out. He's taking care of himself. So I don't know what's going on here. But hopefully he comes back. But he can't come back and talk. And the year he's been back, he's been out with an injury now for months. He's talked and he's had... I can't even consider that Mountain Dew match a match. It was something. But it was not a fucking match. So, there you go. SmackDown was down in the ratings, but it still scored the highest ratings in FS1 history. And, last but not least, Logan Paul asked WWE if he could open this show at SummerSlam. What a hot opener that's going to be. You're going to have Logan Paul versus fucking Ricochet to open SummerSlam? I think that would be, that's the smart move there, so... Anyways, that is your episode this Monday. Hope you guys have a great week. We will be back with episode 6 on Wednesday of the series finale of Secret Invasion. I will also give my take on the Marvel's trailer. I need to actually watch it first. Um, so I'll give my takes on that. I will give my takes on the fin- for the finale of Secret Invasion. And um, we, I, I will bring up more hip-hop as we have Hip-Hop 50. Um, I think what I'm going to do is probably wait till the next week to drop that episode. I'm going to record it this week probably, but drop it the, the following week. Um, so, yeah, I haven't asked about the hip-hop. You guys did love the list I did. Um, and one, I might actually bring someone else on to do that as well, but we'll see. So, anyways, that is your Monday show. I am the Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. We are out.